Hello, and welcome to the Future of Femalehood podcast, where we work to build a healthier and happier world for women through AI. I'm Amanda Dukoch, the CEO and founder of Emma, an AI companion that supports women on their journey of femalehood. And I am so excited to be bringing this to you for the first time. So I'm going to pass it over now to Morgan Rose, my partner in crime. Hi, I'm also your host, Morgan Rose. I am head of science at Emma, and I'm also a midwife, a women's health nurse practitioner, and an international board-certified lactation consultant. Okay, so what can you expect from this podcast where we semi-know what we're doing, but that's what it's like when you have a startup, so we figured we could do the same thing with the podcast, just kind of give it a go. So on each episode, what you can expect is discussions around the latest advancements in AI for women. We're gonna examine the implications of a lot of these technologies and our own opinion. And then we're gonna share inspiring stories of powerful individuals that we think are shaping the future of AI specifically for females. So Morgan, why don't you kick it off with more? So today is our very first episode and we have two amazing guests. Um, so we're going to start off introducing them and then we're going to talk about the latest in AI in the news um, and then talk about how to use AI daily in your life. So we really want to make this like accessible and practical so that when you leave this episode, you know how to make AI work for you in your daily life. I so love we're it. So talk with your guests, do you want to introduce them, Amanda? Sure. So I knew right away the two guests that we were going to have. I'm going to introduce the first and then I'm going to let the second introduce herself because she is a powerhouse and it would be too crazy for me to try to do it on my own. So first we have Ross Ingram. Ross is a award winning technologist who's known for launching category defining products. Before working at Google, he was a college dropout who gained experience launching marketing campaigns for companies like Sphero, a robotics company that's behind the popular Star Wars toy BB-8, which my six-year-old actually happens to own. And he also spent time at the Advanced Technology Project Lab, where he focused on redefining how Google builds, sells, and markets things. He was the co-founder of Founder of uh, Maslow, which was a startup that helps business adopt and implement the latest AI technology. And then most recently on the early team of Inflection, which has been all over the news because they just released their personal AI company startup um, like thing. It's basically called Pi. And this company was founded by Reed Hoffman of LinkedIn and DeepMind's co-founder. I have to mention Ross was the original one on the team that helped us decide to shift our motherhood community into an AI companion and Ross helped us build her. So that's why he's on this first episode. Welcome, Ross. Hello. Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's super glad. We did a couple shots of whiskey before this. No, but but he's excited. I'm excited. Um, all right, Alessandra, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I mean, it only makes sense that I introduce myself because I'm a secret narcissist who's who lives with bipolar disorder and likes to hear myself talk twice. So, hi, I'm Alessandra Torresani. Um, you may know me as an actress. Um, I was on the hit sci-fi series that only lasted one season, Caprica. <laughs> you may also know me from the actual hit, Big Bang Theory. I've done many, many, many TV and film, and I'm excited to be here right now because I am the host of Emotional Support, which is a motherhood, now a motherhood podcast, um, as well as mental health. I proudly live with bipolar one disorder, and I started a podcast 
after meeting Ross Ingram at a fantastic mental health conference in which I shared my experience and how I felt so alone. And with the help of Ross and many other wonderful people that were there, they said, you love to talk and why don't you have a podcast? And I thought, what a great idea. And so a few years ago, I started Emotional Support where I shared my own experience and I get to interview other people who live with mental illness or who just deal with mental health. And now as I have now my baby next to me, Lady, who is almost 11 months old, um, I have now shifted and continued on this journey talking about mental health and pregnancy and motherhood and parenthood just in general of um, kind of this new experience. So I'm so excited. I've hopped on a call with you before, Amanda, a couple times thinking of how we could collaborate, how we could get together. Ross made this introduction and I'm so excited to have this conversation and be the first guest with Ross. This is so awesome because Ross is like family. So this is great. So we're very excited to have this, this chat right now good well we're we're so we're beyond excited, excited. i um i think Ooh, that and i just had deja vu which is a good sign which means you're on the right path of life so that <laughs> means this podcast is already on the right path oh my gosh i love that <laughs> i love that we're all very much um at emma we're all like about like the feelings the karma like is this like simpatico i feel like that's how all of our meetings start which is probably a secret we shouldn't say but that is definitely how the team um functions but well i'm i'm really excited because um to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background into what emma is right so you can find emma on the app store please please download it it's going to be on android soon you can also find alessandra's podcast um wherever you can basically find podcasts you can find it we'll link to all of that once we post this um but it wasn't natural or i should say it wasn't planned the way that we started emma so emma started mm -hmm. out as a app that was going to match make moms together but over 80 percent of our users identified with the word depressed or anxious um so we really basically realized that what women needed wasn't just each other on a friendship app but they also needed physicians that they could talk to about their journey of femalehood which is when morgan joined us um and then once morgan joined we really started working hard and morgan and i were like this is not scalable to millions and millions of users um so we need to find a way where technology exists where women are able to log on and get support anytime they need it on their journey of femalehood um it's often mental health support and that's when we found ross who helped us build an ai companion that was built around women's health uh, mental health things like that so women can basically 24 7 get answers to anything whether it's the drugstore mascara that they're looking for or the mom friend next door or why they're having period pain so i wanted to kick it off that way so you guys all understand that like i am not a technologist i'm not a generative ai um specialist or expert i certainly am now as as the years have went on but it didn't start like that so i'm hoping that a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are just trying to figure out like what is ai how can ai impact my life and just like what do we need to do to protect ourselves all that stuff with ai that overwhelmed all of us on this call a couple of years ago when we all met each other so and ai can be a very scary thing for those who are not familiar with technology and so that's why it's so exciting to hear you guys all talk about it and have ross talk about it because it's not scary. And if anything, it's something that I truly wished I had during my experience through my, you know, pregnancy journey. Okay, Alessandra, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because you're such an advocate for mental health, 
having a baby is like you're going through a whole new developmental stage and there's so many changes like your mind your body your mood hormonal fluctuations did i mean it was almost two years ago ish that you were like pregnant so how what resources did you use or did you have access to generative ai to help you or how would you have wanted it to help you if you didn't have it well what's wild is you know i actually got off my medication i weaned myself off to make sure that i was totally clean before i got pregnant now that's not for everyone that was my particular way that i wanted to have a pregnancy and what i found was i was so frustrated because you know, everyone said, oh, the first trimester is really hard. For me, the first trimester was not hard. It was actually quite easy. What was hard was keeping it a secret, really. Um, but the second trimester, which everyone would say, oh, it's all, you know, butterflies and moonbeams and you laugh and you get the giggles out of nowhere. And that's when suicidal ideations came on for me. That is when mania came around. That is when, you know, there was a moment where my husband and my mom almost had to take me into a hospital. That's when I had to find severe help to kind of get me through that, that next step. And I didn't have community. And I think the reason why I started talking about it so openly on the podcast was I found community in Reddit. And that's a very scary thing for people mm -hmm. because Reddit, you know, you hear, you're like, oh, you know, that's where all the conspiracy theorists live. Like, I love a good conspiracy, but I mean, I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist like that. Um, but I found when I Googled bipolar pregnancy, you know, 12 weeks, you know, in, what would come up with Reddit articles of people who were sharing their own lived experience. And it was the only place that I found connection. And I could not find someone, you know, cause you can call your doctor, sure. But at three in the morning when you're feeling, you know, mania, like feeling the mania coming on, you know, I had no one to talk to, but reading old articles that were 10 years old or whenever Reddit started, from people who were living with with this pregnancy and the other thing is with facebook there are communities on facebook which i recommend to people but for me as a as a figure that didn't want to share that i was pregnant yet i couldn't go on on my random you know fake fake you know facebook account that sounds like a porn star name like i'm not gonna do that and go on there and be like hey i'm pregnant no one's gonna believe that you know so i would have done anything to have you know, a companion to ask these questions to, just to know that I don't feel alone. I think that's a very common thing that all pregnant women go through is they feel lonely, whether you live with a mental illness or not. That's so true. That's so true. That's something that we're really like focused on and excited about it, Emma, is that matchmaking based on the stage or the topic that you're interested in that moment. So whether it's like loneliness or, feeling mania come on at 3 a.m. that we can use generative AI to help find someone who's also in that situation. Right. Um, so you have a real human in addition to a companion that has more of that medical training that can guide you through like next steps. Yes. It is. I love it's that. an isolating experience when you're like, oh, do I call my doctor at three in the morning or like text my mom or wake up my husband? They don't totally understand. And you're just... And I think the other biggest problem is postpartum, you know, after the six week checkup and the one checkup that you have, that's truly it. I had complications. So I was in there a little bit longer for physical complications, but still I didn't have a comfortability 
you know, mm. rapport with the doctor to be sharing the true feelings. And I was scared that someone was going to take my baby away if I was truly honest of what I was going yeah. through. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's all in our head. And the, the more that I say it out loud, the more I have other, you know, moms that reach out to me, they go, yes, I've been through that too. You're not alone on feeling like someone's going to take your baby away, you know? Yeah. Especially with a lot of the the members on Emma, a, a lot of them don't feel like they can trust the healthcare system. They don't feel like they have a doctor they can talk to. And a lot of them definitely feel like that by sharing the truth that somebody could could, could do something drastic, like, like take away their baby. And I think that's what's so interesting and so powerful about AI. And that was really when I met Ross is I was like, listen, all of these women are on this community and they're uh -huh. all talking to each other, but sometimes like they need to talk at two o'clock in the morning and other moms aren't responding or, or they're, they're celebrities or they don't want to give out their identity. And they're writing, they were literally running to writing to the administrators of our app to talk to at three uh -huh. o'clock in the morning. And I said to Ross, like, how do we use technology? to create an empathetic response that's available 24 seven. And that's why I loved what Ross was doing was because of his focus on empathy and it being human like. So Ross, like what, like seriously, how did you just come up with the, the idea of creating like a friendly empathetic computer, especially like way before anybody else was doing it in, in my opinion? Um, I, I, I think like a lot of the inspiration was from you know when we were working at uh, at Sphero on these little robot toys, it was just really interesting to see how you know first it would start out with like kids, but also you know kids at heart, how they would sort of re uh, relate to this little inanimate object that sort of had some sense of like personality, and um, I just always like found that fascinating in terms of like how we relate to these like um, embodied like they're not human things but even like look at dogs how dogs can sort of be a companion in essence to like our life and our shared experience and so um it's emotional support it, yeah it, it was it was that and i i also like <clears throat> it's interesting around sort of you know what alessandra was saying uh around sort of the community and the companionship like even like myself growing up like i had some moments in my life where I feel like I would have benefited from some sort of uh, thing that could sort of like help me with accessibility and empowerment, right? It could help me, you know, build a vision of myself when I was younger. It could help me sort of learn about a particular subject. And that technology didn't really exist 10 years ago, and it does today. And so it's sort of like this con nice convergent moment of the technology can do it. We sort of you know, have all this data and we're just converging it all into these really fun, empathetic, helpful experiences that I, I think will help hopefully help people learn more about themselves and and grow into who they want to be. Okay, so I want to say something about that because this is for people who aren't or haven't used generative AI. I'm like, what's the difference between Google and generative AI? Like what's really happening? And I had this moment when I had so I'm a midwife. I'm, you know, trained in like perinatal mood disorders. After I had my daughter, I was Googling, like, why do moms feel weird? Like, I didn't meet criteria for a mood disorder, but I just did not feel like myself. And you get, like, lists and pages of articles. Didn't actually help me. I go to Emma. I ask her the same question. She knows how to, like, direct my experience and help me understand myself better, which I think is what you were saying, Ross. It's like we're building, we now have the capability of building these companions that help you understand what you're asking and what information you need versus being, like, 
the director of having to sift through and find the article that matches the query that you have. And I think that's what's like so exciting about this potential totally. technology. Because it's frustrating. And I find that, that uh, Morgan, I went to do the same thing where, you know, postpartum, there were so many things that were happening to me. And I was, I, I was going through article and article and article. And I was like, this isn't right. This isn't right. You know, and then I eventually found it. But it's like, you know, when someone is in a crisis mode of mm -hmm. I really need someone right now, you don't have the patience or the energy or sometimes you just don't clearly have the time because you have a baby on your boob and you don't yeah. have any sleep and you're hungry and you're thirsty and you just need to find something right away and someone being able to AI go through and sift that and get to the point right away. I mean, time is of the essence. Yeah. yeah. You give you actual next steps of like, hey, here's what you can do about this. Like for me, it was the term I discovered was matrescence. Emma knows that mm -hmm. term. She can help me understand what that means and like what's normal and what's not normal and when to act on that mm -hmm. by reaching out to a provider or finding the therapist. And I'm like, that literally took me weeks of work on Google. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. Okay, yeah. so let's, okay. So, so that's what's really exciting and why I was so excited to start this podcast was that we want everyone who's listening to understand that like this technology does already exist. And if you're not using generative AI yet, like here's a spoiler alert, you 1000% are going to be. Like I would bet anything on that. That is the reality of what's happening. Everyone that's on this podcast knows that in lots of different ways from in front of and behind closed doors where it's being developed or not. So I'm telling you that generative AI is about to be in your life. So I think what matters is us all starting to understand what it can do for us and how we can use it. And I think that that's like a really great um, example that that you guys are giving is I don't think it's fair when the technology mm -hmm. exists to tell people like, go and sift through a thousand Google articles. You're probably gonna doom scroll. You're probably not gonna get your answer anyways. You're gonna feel worse at the end of the day when we have technology that already exists or is gonna be coming out in the next couple of months. And in my opinion, that can help you. So you have to find things like Emma, they're gonna make your life easier, um, happier and healthier. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where AI is going for us in the future. And then us all also understanding together as a community, like what is the difference between AI being human and AI being human-like? And I think that we all need to start using the tools in our daily life so we can see that differentiation, which I think is gonna be really important um, as AI continues to, um, develop and just um, be a part of all of our day um, life. So, okay, so Ross, since you are the the AI expert, if that's the right, right way to say it in this group, um, what are your predictions of what's gonna happen with AI over the next couple of years? Like, not in predictions, what excites you about what you think is gonna be coming out with, with AI? And then we can talk about what we think is gonna happen on the medical female side. Yeah. For me personally, I I just think there's this like new phase of um, just really understanding like this new medium, right? Which is this generative mm. AI technology. And you can think about it generative with language, generative with images, with video, with, you know, all these different modalities of data. And I, I like, I like to think there's, there's like my favorite book is like the picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. And there's this like, um, conversation between Basil, the artist, and Lord Henry, and they talk about there's kind of like two phases of um, 
any sort of new medium. There's, there's like the invention of the new medium and then the mastery of that new medium. And so you can look at this with like, you know, back in history when, you know, art was just made in the church and then all of a sudden anyone outside of the church can make art. Same with, you know, reading and writing. Like writing was just done by the church, making Bibles and stuff like that. And then, you know, anyone can do it. And I'm generalizing, but yeah, I, I think it's just this new paradigm, this new um, phase in technology. And I'm just excited uh, to have more people uh, come to the table who aren't necessarily as deeply technical or um, but definitely have like an opinion on how the world should be. And so really like making this next phase more accessible to everybody mm -hmm. versus um, a select few who have access to the technology. Um, so it was a, I think a long-winded way of saying, um, yeah, just more diversity in like people and the things that they, they're building and making them more fun and empathetic and playful. And it's going to be so cool to see, oh, sorry, I just want to say, it's going to be so cool to see different generations experience AI that it's not just going to be, you know, <clears throat> lady and, and her friends experiencing it. It's going to be, you know, my mom and myself and, you know, all different types of people. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, how are you using generative AI in your personal life or daily life? That's a good question. What a good um, question. <laughs> I, I, I use it like, for a bunch of stuff like you know writing mm -hmm. emails for trying to like articulate thoughts that i don't really like know how to articulate um yeah i'm uh i i wrote like this like kind of like pseudo fan fiction of like combining fast and the furious with uh back to the future <laughs> and so i used generative ai to make the cover it's like vin diesel you know chariot racing back in roman times incredible Anyways. So there's like, there's all when kinds of- When is that of, getting released, Ron? Oh my God. Don't get me started. <laughs> we'll do a private reading on our next podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's going to be released on Alessandra or Emma's podcast, yeah. I'm sure. After well. <laughs> Coming to you soon. I, um, you know, that's what, okay. So first of all, the way that you described it about how like when art was originally in churches and then everyone started using it, I feel like that is what's happening right now with generative AI is that we're like, we're seeing it on like our email. Maybe if you're even using it on like, like your email or something simple right now to make like your work life um, earlier. But like, honestly, it's going to make things like motherhood easier and relationships more successful. And to me, those are much bigger things than allowing you to get your email done faster during the day. Right. And so I think we're, we're about to see that shift. And then we're about to see people, normal people like me who are not technologists, who are not, you know, making a million dollars at companies like Google and then spinning off and creating AI. It's going to be people like me and Morgan, who was a medical provider. And I had this mom app and we get together and we're like, okay, we're going to do AI. And we find people like Ross. That's when like the real exciting stuff is um, going to happen is going to happen. So for anyone who's listening to this, what I would say is if you're not using anything that is generative AI, just start using it. Like you can download Emma or you can go to ChatGPT or just look for where it is or do something different, which is what I do now um, or what I've been doing for about the last year is when I go to go do something that I feel like could be done more efficiently, I try and find AI to make it more efficient, which is a really kind of fun way to start to incorporate it in and find new uses for it so that none of us get left behind this really cool um, computer revolution that's basically coming. Um, okay, so Alessandra, for you as a mom, 
How do you feel about raising lady in a world of AI? Like, does it excite you? Does it scare you? How are you feeling about that? I think that I'm so excited about it. And I think it's because like Ross, my husband is in technology. And so, um, I, Ross, good question. <laughs> I am, but I, I truly, I, I think it's exciting because we are all in technology and kind of a little background on me is, uh, both, both of my parents, um, were in the technology companies in technology world. Like in, I grew up in the Bay Area. I, mm -hmm. I, I grew up in the midst of it all. Um, and this is right before the dot-com eras. This was in actually the hardware and software wars and through all that. So, um, you know, I knew who Bill Gates was when I was younger. I knew who Steve Jobs was when I was younger, not on a personal, like, hey, we're best friends. But I mean, that was my world. My dad invented mm -hmm. a chip for IBM. Um, you know, that was that was what it was. And so I had a strong, badass mom who that was her world too. And she was one of the only, you know, females who was involved in like running these huge tech companies in the Bay area and, and, and in Asia, it was, it was crazy. So for me, I was actually someone, I don't know. I always drop this to see if anyone remembers this, but do you guys remember Treasure Cove and Treasure Island, those like uh, computer games like back in the day? Yes, okay. So it was like one of the first ones and I actually got to be like a test dummy on them. And it was like the coolest thing. And and I just remember there were computers all in our garage. We never had cars in our garage. We had computers because my dad's like way of fun was taking computers apart and putting them back together. So for me, you know, technology was always super important and it was always in the forefront of of me being able to to survive but i was someone that wanted to sing and dance so it's all about balance and that's what i truly believe and i'm someone that's you know yeah i'm not gonna have my my daughter sit at dinner with a screen in front of her you know all day long yeah. but am i gonna want to introduce her to technology and the future yes because i don't I'm someone maybe not like other moms that believes I don't want my child to be of a disservice of not knowing these things. Um, because guess what? That's the future, you know, mm -hmm. just like, you know, maybe she should learn, uh, you know, Mandarin, you know, because that's the language of the future. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I truly, there's certain things like that where I'm, I'm a firm believer in technology can do great. If you have the balance, yeah. um, it's all about balance. So I have a question. This could be for Alessandra or Ross. Um, I was watching, I was like a Jimmy Fallon interview with Amy Poehler and she was, or maybe it was Seth Meyers, I can't remember. But she was talking about how like AI is coming for her. Like her son is going to marry like half human, half AI. Like this is a super scary concept to her. She was being silly about it, but sure. I'm also like, that's a very real concern for so many people is like, is AI going to take over the world? Are they going to take over my job? Um, what would you say to people who are more like technology resistant or scared of AI and how it will impact their daily life? Well, I mean, Ross, it's definitely going to take over, don't you think? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know if it'll take over. I think it'll change. I think like, you know, the same way that, uh, like industrialized farming or like the invention of like having internet in our phones, like kind of slowly changed, like how we conduct business and how we like, like none of us farms anymore. We just go to the grocery store and we get our food. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think like different levels of like 
what we do today might be like abstracted away and might fall more behind the scenes. And it may give us like more time and opportunity to, you know, learn more about ourselves or to learn more about other people. And um, so I, I definitely think it'll change the environment and change like what we do. And, um, but I don't know if it'll, I, at least I'm of the belief of like, neither force will be dominant. I think there's mm -hmm. things that the, the computers are really good at and there's things that humans are really good at. And if we sort of, um, you know, pull Alex. the best, if we pull the best of both, um, that will get like a, a really great future. Um, but the same could be said if we pull the worst of both, right? We'll get sort of uh, maybe a not so great future. But that, that's why I just believe like ha making sure that the teams that are building these AI tools are very diverse and do sort of like represent the best in humanity and aren't just doing it for, um, don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm a capitalist, I believe in making money, but I also think you can do that with sort of like a better vision of and hope for the future. And I think opposed to saying, oh, you know, a, you know, we're going to stop AI. Like, I hate to break it to you. It's a little too late. And <laughs> yeah. I think that those people that are, I'll speak for the moms and for parents who are like, I'm not going to do this for my kid. Well, I hate to break it to you, but it's going to happen. So why don't you introduce it to them in a very healthy way, in a way where we can figure out like, you know, perfect example is like my cousins, their, their kids are huge in video games. And I was like, that's terrible. Like, how, how do you do that? Well, guess what? One of them is on a video game team. Okay. Where this is in their high school. And now they have an opportunity to not only get a scholarship to college because of being so good at video games, but they could make millions and millions of dollars playing in these world tournaments. So instead mm -hmm. of, you know, being the like, naggy annoying mom that's like no don't do this <laughs> create the balance excite them to want to be out inside nature and then excite them with technology it's a little bit of of both yeah i i mean what what ross said and what and what you're saying to me is like so aligned with my thought process and i would say it's aligned 100% with the way that we build AI at, at, at Emma as well, because the, the reality is like there's there's ethical considerations for everything that we do. And lots of things can be can be weaponized if we don't consider ethics when we build them and when we use them and we don't consider, you know, things like discipline and parameters like I mean, think about medication like like imagine if we never had regulation and considerations around medication or around sugar and and, and other things that exist in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that computers and technology are the same way. Um, but I think it's important too, as parents, it's not just about the way that companies build or regulating how companies are building, which obviously I'm super involved in and I'm a massive proponent in because I do have an AI company. So I'm very much a part of that conversation. But I think it's about what you're doing in your house as well as a parent mm -hmm. or or not as a parent. It's why, it's why we started this podcast. It's because we want people to understand and feel comfortable around AI because it's not going anywhere, just like you said, Alessandra. So, okay, and there's so no right way to, to raise your kid to, uh -huh. right? I mean, it's like, it's trial and error. And I think that that's the most important thing. You have to forgive yourself. If there is a moment where your child is screaming and you need to put Miss Rachel on, you put Miss Rachel on. You put like, Miss Rachel on. You, you do what you gotta do, you know? And I think that that's another thing is parents are so shamed for, you know, things that they do. No, and that's why it's all about creating balance.
Mm -hmm. So when we when we started um, Emma, which which used to be called Social Mama, um, Karishma and I, and Karishma's not on this call, um, but and, well, she is. You just can't see her. She's she's listening in. Anyways, when we started this, when we were like in the very early days of IDN, we we're like, how do we create a community that doesn't mom shame? Because what we learned really early on was that when you have a hundred thousand moms in a community. They well, all yeah. good, good people do their best to raise good kids. And that's all that we can all do as parents. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're so right. I, I know that for a fact, that's like probably the only thing I know from a fact from having this company is that good people do their best to raise good kids and, yes. and there's no perfect way to do it. So, um, okay. So I want to shift us a little bit because we're getting towards the top of the podcast and I want to make sure that every podcast that we're talking a little bit about what is trending. So I thought what made the most sense to talk about today was like, does AI have a place in healthcare? Mm. Does AI have a place in medicine? Um, I'm going to throw it over to Morgan to kind of kick it off um, this topic. And then I'd love for us all to chat about that. And then if we have time, we'll close with um, an AI that understands your dog's bark, which I just think is um, hilarious and fascinating. So, all right, Morgan, kick it off for us, my friend. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious what Ross thinks about this too. I have my vantage point as a medical provider, someone who works at Emma as head of science. I absolutely think it has a place in medicine, needs guardrails, needs training, but I think it's one of the coolest things that's going to change the way we practice medicine in the same way that Ross was describing. Um, that, you know, if we can use it properly, we can take the best of medicine and the best of AI and the best of humanity. This can improve health outcomes. Um, AI can be trained to be intelligent and help answer queries in an empathetic and intelligent way. And that's already happening. Like Google, um, they had their, let, let me just read this. Okay, Google's MedPal M2 scored an expert level 85.4% on the USMLE medical exam. That's crazy. Like that means that this generative AI knows how to answer medical questions. It doesn't mean that they can't, we don't need humans. Like we're gonna need you to know what to do with that information and how to mm -hmm. tailor it to that person. But that just opens up the doors. I mean, medical providers, nurses are leaving the profession at an exponentially high rate, especially since COVID, like there's massive burnout. So I think to be able to use AI in this way to reduce burnout and the workload and to improve satisfaction for patients by giving them empathetic and quick responses is going to be really exciting to watch. Oh, yes. Ross, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love Ross. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll only get better. The, the interesting thing, uh, thing about like a lot of these like rubrics, um, is I think that, you know, we have the rubric and then like our definition of the rubric changes over time. Um, but, it, but it, yeah, I think being, the thing that I always look at is just like the accessibility component. Like if we're able mm. to give, um, you know, have this medical advice um, be given to more people who, you know, historically may have not even been able to afford it. Like when everybody's having a baby, not everyone can afford like, top tier medical advice you know mm -hmm. yes. some people are just sort of and I'm, i don't have a kid i'm not a mother i'm not a woman so i don't <laughs> i'm just making this up but yeah I, I think like the more accessible that these this feedback and these things will become i think will help people uh on their personal journeys and um that'll be a net positive to everybody in society yeah. 
I just want to also say, talking, even though you're you're not a mom, Ross, you're talking like a mom, so you're doing good. <laughs> but a lot of people that I found, even just for myself, is yes, you can have the the best doctors and the best everything, and it's so expensive, but still, you don't feel the comfortability that you would with talking to more or less, you know, uh, an imaginary friend, you know, and I think having AI technology being able like through Emma, right. And being able to talk to Emma and have that conversation, you know, you sometimes you're even scared to talk to your partner. Sometimes you're scared to talk to your own family about certain things. And, you know, it's just an easy way to get advice, you know, and some things are super embarrassing and you don't want to share that with others, you know? Um, so I, I think it's just another positive thing that we can take from, from AI. And I think even taking that like uncomfortable questions that you would want to ask your partner or ask your doctor, but you don't know how to say it and asking Emma or ChatGPT or whatever generative AI platform you're using to help you figure out how to say this in a way that advocates for your needs, gets your question across clearly, gives you actual is like a huge, that takes off so much of the pressure and the burden of having to figure out what that is. Yeah. And if that's even like a normal thing to ask, because um, I guarantee you that all the questions that all the moms want to ask that they're not asking, they're normal <laughs> questions too. hundred uh, percent normal, but it's, but I, but I will say just from a personal story, like a really quick thing, you know, there was a moment where I was in my, my doctor's office and I was in my third trimester and, and he had asked me a question and said that I recommend doing X, Y, and Z, whatever it was. And I declined that. It was something that I didn't want to do, but I was shaking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like uh, what? Cause I didn't want to be like a crazy person with my answer. And I didn't want him to say, oh, well, she's, you know, not medicated. So maybe that's why she doesn't want to do this, you know, but I had reasons and, but I was just scared, you yeah. know, and it, it's yeah. just scary. And so this is a very great way for me for others to have it all lined up so you're ready and you're prepared. AI yes. can print it out for you if you want it, Kinkos. Yes. Yeah. And there was <laughs> one study that compared physician and artificial intelligence chatbot responses to patient questions posted on Reddit. And it was like 78.6% of the cases the patients prefer the chatbot response to the provider. So yeah. I think your point of like feeling scared to ask a provider a question is so warranted because there is that power dynamic. And there is the way that providers are trained that isn't always the most compassionate or sensitive to what that person is going through. Well, they apparently only the the, the I've been told it's only seven minutes on average they spend with a patient. Yeah, absolutely. And half the time you're typing because you have to take notes and you have to keep on top of things. So I'm like, if we can use generative AI in this way to like get answers to scary questions, to get quality information, to be able to share that with your provider and for your provider to then be able to draft a response that's more empathetic than they would have written on their own. Like that's, that's a beautiful gift. It's amazing. And I think, I think that that's where a lot of the opportunity um, lies that excites me is like, obviously like what we've been saying, we're like, we're women or men. Um, so like humans in general can get answers to questions where they don't need to seek a physician or they can find out if they need to seek a physician, which is great. 
just because then we feel comfortable, we don't feel nervous, but also then physicians are not wasting their time with things that they don't need to waste their time about. Because I yeah. think that's where a lot of the opportunity lies is that so many um, providers and the health system in general is like really overwhelmed, especially in the US. And anything that AI can do to like remove the lift mm -hmm. off of a health system or physician is really, really exciting. I just got back um, from a really large health conference. And that's what a lot of the theme was is like, how can we use technology so that physicians can spend their time with the patient, right? Or like versus like doing all of their notes or something like that. Um, and that's what excites me um, so much about AI is that hopefully we can help humans connect with their doctors more and feel more comfortable and then take some of the weight off of the shoulders that that doctors yeah. in particular often have in, the, in their clinics. So, well, I'm super excited. I know that we have like two minutes left, so I have to talk about the topic really quick that I mentioned before. So there is a company, I hope I'm not um, botching their name because I do not know this company. Um, it's spelled S-A-R-A-M-A, -A -A, so Sarama is what I'm guessing. And what this company does is they revolutionize the way that you talk to your pets by literally how it seems to me is you or it, this, this company, analyzes your dog's bark and then basically tells you what they're trying to tell you so that you can have a better relationship with your your dog your your best friend so i thought i just want to hear like what do you all think about that and then after what do you think about it what would it be like if our children's cries could be analyzed by ai so i knew what the heck my seven month old baby was telling me at four o'clock in the morning so uh ross first what do you think about the analyzing of dog barking through ai I love it. Like, like I think it, it's it's sort of like a novelty in a way, but it's also like, I think a really fun use of the technology. If if you look at from like a like a, a, a Mat, Maslow's hierarchy of dog needs, like you can probably guess that maybe like a dog has like they're barking. It's like a one in ten chance. Like they need to go outside. They need to eat. They need affection. They need, you know. And so starting to sort of get some audio data and then align it with something like that seems like a fun, interesting challenge. And uh, I, maybe it's like kind of random at like, I'd be curious to see how they did all their data, but even if it's just random, like it helps, it could possibly help the human guessing to like, ah, uh, maybe I just need to let them outside or something, but mm -hmm. I love it. Me too. I love it. If my dog could talk, let me tell you, he would say <laughs> such dirty, sexy things all day long. Um, and I'm talking about Pee Wee Herman. He's 15 and he is thriving and he looks like an Ewok. Um, oh that so would be horrible. the dream. But if my child could talk, if lady could talk and say more and I could understand what was going on more than just, you know, mm -hmm. teaching her, you know, sign language and stuff, which has been so helpful. Um, it would i mean we would know why she's like what she's actually saying right now right mm -hmm. say hi lady hi yeah hi, we would lady. know what you were talking about and it would just be anyway and it would just be the coolest thing in the entire world it's like oh my god so adorable i know that she wants to be a star that that's obvious as you can see <laughs> Um, well, but it would be so helpful and especially in the newborn phases uh, I yes. feel like I was so confused I was like oh my god she must she must be teething I thought she was teething for like six months you know and I'm like no that's definitely not it so it would be so helpful 
Yes. I love it. Well, lady, I think you deserve the star of today. We've been recording for more than an hour and you have not made a peep, which is so amazing. And I'm sure you're going to be because your mama is definitely a star. And um, (laughs) I think, I think with that, you guys, our first podcast is a wrap. I am so excited. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We really hope that you enjoyed the conversation, that you felt inspired to join this movement of AI and follow along with with Emma, follow along with Emotional, which is um, Alessandra's podcast, so that you can be with us building a healthier and happier world for women through AI. Make sure that you follow us. Um, We are going to link to all of it um, because I don't have it written here Um, in front of me. And this is my first podcast, so I'll do better next time. um, You did amazing. (laughs) Thank you all. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Alessandra. Thank you. This is podcast going to be the best. And be sure to give it five stars. Five star review, everyone. Yeah, what she said. (laughs) 